Once you get divorced, there's a pretty good chance your kids could end up with a new step-parent or you could find yourself as a step-parent in a future relationship. And let's be honest, that is no easy feat. Merging families in a harmonious way while keeping the peace and your sanity is tough. But that's exactly what we're talking about in today's episode of the Divorce Etc. podcast. We're the ex-experts, Jessica and TH. We help you navigate your divorce and successfully, successfully move on with your life. Let's bring in today's guest. Hey guys, TH here from X Experts. So I met Maria Nadapov. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> um, she is the host of Synergistic Step Parenting Podcast. She is also a step parenting coach. And I feel like a step parenting coach is probably as vital as X Experts. Like once you start a new relationship, when do you meet the kids? How should you meet the kids? Should anybody meet your kids? And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So we're super happy to have you here, Maria, with us. We have a bunch of questions for you. We've been in other relationships where kids have been introduced, and then those relationships are over now. Um, so welcome to Divorce, Etc. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. We really appreciate it. I mean, listen, I'm going to start with this one just because I got married a second time. And we both had kids, so we were both step-parents. We are no longer married anymore. He still has a really good relationship with my kids. I never really had a close relationship with his daughter to begin with. Is she still my stepdaughter? I think it, you know, it depends, <laughs> right? Like, how do you define it? I think it's unique to every situation, um, right? Like, just like any any marriage, I mean, I think that is such a unique relationship and truly as far as what to call it and what type of relationship that is depends on the specific individuals, what there is availability for and the circumstances of that specific situation. So I like, know. I like that my kids <laughs> still hold space for my, for my second husband and he, and vice versa, because I think that we all on my side, me and my kids, I think we all still consider him a stepdad. Mm -hmm. And I think that he loves them and like is happy to have them in his life. But I know from firsthand experience and for a lot of people out there, that isn't always the case. Not to mention, it's so tricky. Like yeah. they don't, you can't treat them initially, like in terms of discipline or, you know, certain routines. That's not what they're used to with you. They don't want you to, they don't want to feel like you're trying to take the place of their other parent. Like start us off with the simple question of like, when is it appropriate to meet someone else's children and how do you gently foster and nurture that relationship without overstepping? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. I think ideally, right? And let's face it, life just happens sometimes. So even in the best case scenarios, when we have like the best of intentions and plans, it doesn't always work out that way. However, if one were to go about it intentionally, I think the key is to check in. And by that, I mean for the divorced parent to check in with their kids and really assess like, where are they at? Kids tend to need the most handholding in these situations and they tend to take much longer to adjust and even be open to the idea of their parents moving on than adults because they're kids. Um, for them, right? Like their whole world is collapsing when their parents get divorced. It just, it's a whole thing. Plus they're younger. They have less of a frame of reference of how these things go in life. 
less ability to regulate their emotions, identify their emotions, deal with complex situations such as, or and transitions such as divorce. So that's really the key factor to consider, I would say. I do think it's vital for the parents to not put their lives entirely on hold just for the sake of their children. So that does that may mean that they might not be introducing the partner to the kids. They may just be in the early phases of um, having those conversations with their children, engaging where they're at and kind of helping them to come around to being open to that. However, I do think it's important for parents and really everybody to honor their needs. So if that means they're seeing the person and like not, you know, merging families and not necessarily having them involved in all the day-to-day or even on a less regular basis, um, it's still valuable for them to live their lives and be truthful to themselves and honor, you know, wherever they are at. Um, one thing I will caution though, that is key is to have processed the emotions that come with uncoupling and moving on and not rushing too quickly, um, which, which can be tricky and sometimes very tempting and (laughs) right. Like it's a whole, it's a whole thing. So can can you clarify when you say to be like living your, your truth, I don't remember how you just articulated that. Which person are you talking about the new partner or the person who has kids? I think I'm talking about the person who has kids. Um, right. So like, just because your kids may not be ready for you to be dating and they may not be open to that idea, doesn't mean that you put yourself and your needs and your life on hold. However, it may mean that you, you're seeing that person and it's separate from the kids and you're not like throwing it in their face and inviting them over to dinner and all the things and kind of basically pushing them on the children. So it's, there is a fine line because if you wait and you let your kids lead, it may never happen, right? <clears throat> and you can encourage, there There are just so many different ways that this could happen, right? Like I'm thinking back to my first relationship of any consequence after my divorce. And I specifically did not introduce my kids to anybody for a long time until I really met this guy because my ex already had a fiance in my kids' lives like, like immediately. And I, I felt like, I'm not going to complicate their lives. I don't even know if I like somebody enough to introduce them to my kids. But I dated this guy for a while and it was like a really big deal for him to meet my kids. He didn't really care about me meeting his because he'd already been divorced for a while. And he's like, yeah, come with my kids, you know, whatever, whatever. And, And I just wanted them to like me. Like I didn't really know what to do. So I did kind of follow their lead. I like learned a few things about them. And then I just kind of sat back and I I wasn't overpowering. So I think the big thing I've learned between that relationship and now I am in a full blended family relationship is to really, you know, don't overstep it. Like you're not, you're not even their friend yet. Like forget about being their stepmother. You are a stranger and they Mm -hmm. are going to work you over to decide if they like you or not. And if they're inappropriate, Oh, this is just so, there's so much like you there's need that parent to step in and defend you and stand right. I mean, where like, do you, there's so many dynamics here. Okay. And yeah. What are those boundaries? Like I yeah. actually know someone who I'm very close with who recently got married. He has a child six years old who is not happy at all about the situation. 
and oh, for his I, second marriage. His second, his second marriage. And the child is not happy with it and has acted out tremendously a number of times. And I give a lot of credit to this person that I know that I'm like, wow, she's still willing to continue to try to make an effort. I mean, even for us as grownups, it hurts your feelings after a while totally. when they are like, you know, yeah. over and over again saying that they don't want you around. So how do you navigate that? That, that I think that's a really common situation. It is really challenging. And yeah, to your point, um, it can take a toll for sure. I think the really biggest key is don't take it personally. What is ha happening for that kiddo? I know it's easier, much easier said than done. I get it. But <laughs> that's really where it, where it, it, you know, where that line gets drawn though, because the reality is that child, you know, is just really having, they're struggling. They're obviously struggling. They're having some big emotions or they have no idea how to process them. And so what they need is that guidance and that opportunity. And, and really kids often need way more support than they let on. Um, certainly little kids, but I'm talking a like much older kids, like teenagers, right? Like kids that we often take for granted and we see them and now they're taller and they're more developed like sooner. And we're like, oh, like they're fine. They're an adult and they're independent. They have all these opinions. Yes. And they're not an adult and they don't understand the full complexity and they do still have major emotions and not, no clue what to do with them and how to go about making sense of them and never mind actually fully processing them and then responding to them in a way that feels, you know, like they're taking care of themselves in that process. And that's where they need a lot more guidance often from their parents just to create space. And what, how, how can a parent invite that conversation? It's not going to be with, Hey, my door's always open if you want to talk, unfortunately. But what do you do if you're in a relationship with someone and that person has kids, whether you do or not, and he or she is not talking to their kids and doing the things that you're saying. Yeah. And then you feel like, well, we have to talk to your kid, but right. it's not your place to talk to your kid. So let's, let's start. Okay. So you're in a serious relationship, everybody. Okay. If you both have kids, then that's like the Mac daddy situation. But what, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people do? Like mm -hmm. we're right at the point where, okay you're meeting my kids. What, what do I, what do I need to make sure I don't do? And on, before you answer though, is part of that question, what the person who has the kids that are being met, what mm -hmm. should they have done to prep yeah. the kids for right. the best possible outcome? Right. Right. Yes. So I'll start there. That's a great question, Jess. Um, is it okay if I call you Jess? Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. I, tend, I tend to always shorten names yeah, unintentionally. Totally. Um, so Ideally, they would have already talked to their children. They would have planted the seed at the very least, right? Hey, I'm ready to date. How do you feel about that? And they may get a whole slew of responses, including like the cold shoulder or just kind of nothing, right? Like that's what a lot of tweens and teens often do, for example. Younger children may also do some version of that potentially, but they are also more likely to be more open, but it, it really just depends on what is, what is the common dynamic you fostered with your child, right? How do you tend to communicate? Like, have you built that, you know, that relationship where you guys talk about hard things or where there's open lines of communication. So hopefully in an ideal situation, that's what you would be fostering and are nurturing, especially after something as huge as divorce. I mean, that's just devastating for adults, never mind for children. So that 
I would say is the really key number one place to start. And as you also have more of these uncomfortable situations and conversations, you will start to pick up on their cues. For example, my stepdaughter, whenever she's uncomfortable, she will avoid making eye contact. She gets really quiet. Her leg may shake. Um, she might start to fidget. You know, those are her tells. And I've gotten super, super good at tuning into those, right? But you know, it takes practice and every single person is different and their clues and their, their giveaways, right? Like their poker face, right? Like all the little tells they're going to be different. So that's really key. But I think, I mean, at the very least, even if you're not getting much back from the child, you naming it, you letting them know, Hey, these are my intentions. This is where I'm at. Think about it. Right. Even if you don't have a full-fledged conversation, you get don't get much of a response, it plants that seed. It allows them to start to come around to that idea and start to accept that reality, whatever that looks like for them. That journey is going to be unique and different for them. It may take them much longer, but at least they're starting, like you're making it clear where you're heading. And so they're having an opportunity to come around to meet you there. Right. Ideally though, it you will keep creating space to revisit that with them and uh, you know, as far as, are we moving? Sorry, are we moving? Well, I, no, well, okay. I also want to say that I, I think what you're, what is also an important piece of information to put around what you're saying is it's one adult meeting one set of kids. Like you don't yeah. all meet, yeah. you know, the other, the person you're dating and all the kids all at the same time, kumbaya, like right. that's right. not the greatest thing, Right. right? Unless they're, unless they're really little and if you happen to already have, right, like say maybe the kids go to the same school or somehow there's already been some interaction, right? Or right. maybe it's at a playground, like that could happen. But again, mm -hmm. then there's no pressure because it's just a public space. They're free to run around. They can play with each other or not play with each other. And it's like, oh, it's just a play date, just like all the other play dates we have, right? right? Then it right. feels really natural and normal. And again, it's it's about removing that pressure and removing the the intensity and the weight of, hey, this is like a really important person. And like, it's really important you get along with these kids and this adult right. like that. Right, right, usually right, freaks right, kids right. That's out. gonna stress everybody out. Exactly. Um, when, when Jess and I were getting divorced from our exes, we hoped someone would take us by the hand and make sure we didn't make any mistakes with our kids, <laughs> whether it's meeting somebody new, finances, dealing with our ex, you name it. But you're in luck. Just like building X experts for you, we also created a free divorce rule book for you. We share what we wish we knew back then, including meeting other people, um, so you don't make the same mistakes that we did. If you want your free copy, all you have to do is visit exexpertsxexperts.com. It's right there for you. You don't know what you don't know, but the X experts do. Kimberly Nelson at Coastal Bridge Advisors helps divorcees focus on the life they want to live and teaches how money can best provide that life by having it work for you. We know this might sound like a new concept if you're recently or just getting divorced and now having to manage it all on your own, but Kimberly partners with clients to help create a tax-efficient income stream that you can depend on for future goals. Kimberly Nelson has been working as a financial advisor to high-net-worth divorcees across the country for nearly 20 years, and here's what we love. She understands the challenges faced when navigating a multitude of attorneys, accountants, insurers, and other advisors during the divorce process. She strives to help her clients move forward with a sense of empowerment and peace, and she knows that divorce can be an emotional roller coaster that you never want to ride and can't wait to jump off. 
Kimberly Nelson has offices on both coasts. So if you're ready to speak to someone to help you get your finances and all the money stuff in order, definitely go to her site at www.coastalbridgeadvisors.com or check the show notes. I mean, Maria, we can talk forever because there's so many different (laughs) scenarios here, but okay. So you prepare the kids, you set up an environment to meet the person that you're dating in an environment that's comfortable for your kids. So if they're young, then it's a playground. If they're older and they like to play tennis, then maybe you guys all go play tennis together. So do you recommend that you connect in a way that's fun? Like, I think that sitting down to a meal is like torture. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much pressure. I totally agree. And really um, one key piece to remember is even if your child says, yeah, I'm okay with it. Go ahead. Like I'm, I'm down for this meeting. They may not be okay with it when the time comes and they might not know. Oftentimes they won't know exactly how they're going to respond until it's happening and then they might lose it. And so I always suggest um, the best way is just casual setting with an easy exit strategy, like, and preparing your partner for the same, like we may stick around. We may be able to spend some time together or it might just be like a high and we got to leave. Right. Like go for ice cream or, or even like a we'll bump into you at the mall and we might just say hi and literally take off on the spot. Uh-huh. So possibly. they can look at you, take you in. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the my once girls over. are super judgy. So yeah, yeah. that, well, that but, definitely happens. So what about now? I mean, because I, I think that all the things that you're saying, I think everyone listening can relate that this is very applicable for children of a certain age. Maybe let's say, for argument's sake, up to age, you know, kind of 12 or 13. I mean, what if you have kids that are, older teenagers or even young adults who for sure have opinions of their own and really don't feel that they need this new person coming into their lives, telling them what their curfew is going to be, telling them that it's okay or not okay to go out or do whatever. Like that is also a really challenging place to be. And I think that as a step parent, Discipline is a, I feel like discipline can ruin relationships. A hundred percent. I always say, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Connection over consequences. That's the key, right? Just like what TH was saying, like you're a stranger. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't go into any environment as an adult, whether it's even a work environment, right? Even when you're meeting clients, you wouldn't just expect that someone is just going to completely like listen to your every word and take you in and like completely agree with you and then just follow. I don't you know. even mean the first meeting. I mean, so you're in a relationship, you've okay. met the kids, you're however far into it, a year and a half, you decide yeah. to move in together. You yeah. know, the kids, you may not like be super close, but now sure. you're all under one roof. Your kids have been raised with this set of rules. Those kids have been raised with that set of rules or no rules. Yeah. How do you weigh the balance? Yeah, communication is really key. So I I always suggest family meetings, right? That way everybody gets to like air out like their opinions and also ask their questions and everyone is participating in the communication, including in the coming up with the solutions, right? I mean, just like any, like a round table basically is, mm-hmm. is the best way to do it, including if you have little kids, like they might not be quite ready to weigh in but just exposing them to the dynamic and right. It encourages them like, wow, your my thoughts matter. And I get right. to see how this is handled in a, in a, 
hopefully good way, right? Like right. It's, it's modeled, but conflict is inevitable. So ultimately, you know, and as much as we want to prepare for every single possible hiccup and completely like eradicate it, it's just, it's impossible. We can't do that. All we can do is teach our kids skills and model by example, right? Like how to navigate these challenging questions, situations, discussions, and how to respect each other. That's, that's really what it comes down to. And that's, I think that it's really a matter of dynamic. I think there's obviously a difference between toddlers and then everybody else, but like my boyfriend's kids are in their early twenties. Mm-hmm. And we were, we were living That's the best age, everyone merge your families well, when your kids are already still, out of the house. <laughs> I'm saying don't, don't discount it though, because mm-hmm. we had pl- planned a vacation where we were all going on vacation together, me, him, and all of our kids, there were like 10 of us. And, um, my kids basically do what I tell them to do. Like I said, we're going on vacation. This is it. This is it. That's it. Okay. But I tell them everything but he's not the best communicator. And um, his daughter actually arranged for us all to go on a Zoom before this vacation. So, and she included me. I was like, oh my God, I'm like in the hot seat because I don't discipline anybody. My mind as we live together and they're older is his kids follow his rules. My kids follow my rules. Like I'm never going to tell his son that he has to do whatever. And it bothers me sometimes. I'm like, can you tell him to empty the dishwasher? Like, <laughs> this is not my job. Yeah. But if he doesn't tell him, then it's not going to change because I'm not going to say anything. I just, I that's just me. But so we had this whole Zoom call and they're like, is there room for each of us here? And does this mean that all vacations are going to include all of us? Like, are we never going on vacation alone with you, dad? Are you never going on vacation with your kids, TH? Like these were the things. And I was kind of like shitting in my pants. Um, (laughs) And he, you know, he responded in a great way and said a lot of things that were awesome. But I think that his kids felt that he would never have said that if they hadn't put him in the hot seat with me. Mm -hmm. Because if he didn't say it or or because I was listening, you know what I mean? I don't know what it was, but she brokered that situation because I didn't realize how they were feeling. Mm. They weren't communicating with him. He wasn't communicating with them. And here we are all going together. But I also feel like what you're saying, I think it's so important for people to listen to regardless of the kids' ages. Like just because you end up in a new relationship with a new partner who has children and you are becoming a family, I think this is particularly relevant if your kids are younger. It doesn't mean that you should not carve out time for your nuclear original right. family unit, right. particularly right. in the beginning for a little while, probably to kind of get to that place. Like I never even thought of that until you literally just said it, but I feel like that's true people. Like you should still be doing a weekend alone with just your kids or doing activities where not everyone's included right. so that they do still right. feel like they have that quality time with you. My exactly. kids definitely cherish that. I go into yeah. New York, I'm with them alone. I see my son in school alone, but you know, we're in a house together. So when you're home, we're all together, but yes, making time for just us has been really, really important. And as his kids are older, they get less of that. They yeah. get him alone. 
What do you think? Yeah, that's so critical. That's absolutely so critical, especially getting everybody adjusted, right? Like what often happens after divorce is that the decisions that the, you know, the parents would be making together once they're divorced, oftentimes they're including kids because it's like, there's nobody else to bounce this off of. And I want an opinion. I don't want all of the burden to be on me. And, you know, we're all in this together. And so now that feels like they're kind of losing that once a new partner comes into the picture. And so in order to help with the transition and in order to like, again, they're adjusting to a brand new person that could be rules, that could be characteristics, that could be traits, that could be something else about the dynamic, as you guys have pointed out. So in order to create that space, it's so important for the parent and the child or children to still have that one-on-one time once in a while so that they can feel a sense of normalcy, feel supported, feel like they're not their entire world is completely changing on them. And in addition to be able to have some of those difficult conversations of like, well, what about when so-and-so does this? Then what about that? And that's a great opportunity to have some of that support and air that out and, you know, navigate that. So Maria, what were your biggest mistakes in um, your blended family? I think for me, so I I was the step parent and I didn't have children of my own. I think, um, I mean, there's, you know, one thing that all kids I think do is they kind of unnerve all the stuff that we think we have healed through and worked through. <laughs> and it's like they bring it all right back. They bring it all right back. And so all the things that I remember, I was like, oh, I really didn't like when my parents did that and my parents did this. And then meanwhile, the automatic responses kicked in and I'm like, what? (laughs) I know better. Why did that happen? Yeah. And then especially I think in a blended family situation, because there's just, you know, there's so many like cooks in the kitchen and there's just so much to constantly have to navigate and consider and like, you know, just endless coordination and endless things to accommodate. And it feels so unfair. And you feel like you're really um, at at the mercy of all these things, both people who other people who are making decisions, but in addition, just circumstances. And so truly self-regulation is the biggest, most important key piece of all of it. That's, that's really what it comes down to. And I will say that it truly makes such a huge difference too, when it comes to regaining your sanity and your, and your power and your sense of self. And the beautiful thing is when you're able to find that grounded place. And I know, like, I know that's a reach. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm also part of this world. I'm also human, but you can get there. You really can. You can develop like some good strategies and, and skills and routines. And the thing that's amazing is when you are calm and leading with love, you're able to see the best in each situation and each person. So you're no longer like, oh, they're doing this on purpose just to get me, just to make my life miserable. You're able to say, okay, how else can I look at this? What am I missing? What what is it that, like, if I was going to assume that they're doing their very best, how else can I view this scenario? And also this magic happens because when you're calm, you bring out the calm in others. So you have so much more opportunity to resolve things in a in a faster way, more effective and efficient manner, and to limit the misunderstanding and to limit the constantly adding fuel to the fire. That's all such great advice. I, I also just want to put out there, being a step-parent is really hard. And I know that for a lot of divorced people, it it may be the case for men as well, but I mean, I'm a woman and I think that I can understand women a little bit better. And, and I know a lot of women who are divorced, obviously, and a lot of us have taken issue with the new stepmother, the new female figure 
in our children's lives. Um, but if you, if your kids are in a situation where there is a stepmother figure in their life and they seem to genuinely like that person, honest to God, you are so fucking lucky because to have someone else that treats your kids well and hopefully yeah. one day can love your kids like they're their own, that is such a gift to your children. So like, don't always immediately just hate the other woman because of the fact that she's in this situation and you're in whatever situation you're in. Like, you really are so lucky to so hard to be that step parent and navigate those waters and have the kids actually like you and respect you. Like, you're lucky if you're in that spot. I, I think also there. is like, be yourself. Yeah. And don't work so hard to buy their love because you're never going to buy their love. Like, yeah. you can buy them everything. You can take them shopping. You can do, you know, whatever. <clears throat> they may not like you as a person. That's they right. might love when you go and buy them everything. Yeah. But then they're using you. That's and right. That's They'll take advantage of you. want to base the relationship. I would so actually say to yourself. your point, TH, that that usually breaks any opportunity for true, authentic respect and connection, right? Because it's like, oh, you're not going to take this seriously. Fine, I'll play this game, right? Kids right. are so smart. They're so, so smart. They might not be able to name the thing, but they are, they're, they just pick it all up. Yeah. So it's yeah. so funny because I don't even think, I mean, we're not married, but we've been together. We've lived together for the last two and a half years, but I don't picture myself as a step parent. He definitely doesn't. I think we just look at it like we're another adult figure who's a yeah. friend of your kids and we've got their back. Like every time my kids are here and they leave, he goes, if you need anything, if you don't want to call your mom about it, you can always call me. And that's like what their relationship is based off of. Yeah, He is like person number whatever on their list of people to call. Yeah, And um, I think it's more so like a lot of times- I'm kind of the same thing. But I think it's also because, and I feel like it's because you guys are lucky, but like he didn't, neither of you had to raise each other's children. Kids like together. By no, the time didn't. you guys got together, your kids right. were already <laughs> fully formed. And it's amazing and awesome for them for on both sides there. Right. For your, all of your kids to have this additional grown up in their lives that they know right. that they can fall back on and rely on. It's different when you're like, in the weeds, you know, with a totally, fucking seven-year-old totally. and you yeah, got like yeah, yeah. 12 years Coming ahead home of you drunk and puking right. everywhere. And you right. have to help mold right. them as a person. It right. gets yeah. really challenging. I yeah. Think. I think it, it really depends on the stage that you're in, but I would also, and, and maybe you embrace, you know, being a, a stepmom. I feel like that word feels scary um, we yeah. have spoken to other um, co-parenting experts like Christina McGee, who says she's a bonus mom. And I'm not, I'm still not even their mom, <laughs> but, but I, you know, it does help when you're starting um, a new relationship with your boyfriend or what, girlfriend's kids or whatever, just check in with them. Hey, how'd your test go? Because that shows you were listening about their test or how was the weekend? Don't be texting them every minute. But like, check in with them. Like his daughter had something. I checked in with her and, you know, her Instagram and I comment here and there. I'm not, not over the top, but I, I'm showing that I care because I genuinely do care. And, you know, that I feel like is a good thing no matter what. Like, hey, I'm here. I'm listening. I hope you're good. 
have a great day. Absolutely. And, you know, to your point, like, I know we touched on discipline, like it doesn't need to be discipline with like the hard consequences and the follow through and this whole thing. It could be like person to person. You're just, you're just talking and you're just sharing like, Hey, here's like, here's my view on this situation. What do you think about that? Like, how do you feel about it? Right? Like it's about developing civility and human respect and also um, creating space to get to know each other and understand each other's perspectives. It's not about like, I need to make sure to force you to do this or to do that. Right, like, right, right. Yeah. It gets I think really that's tricky. hugely important. You're not like the boss of right. other people's kids. Right. Well, and yet you can foster that like mutual respect and that mutual like consideration, right. And compassion towards each other. There's so much more to be said as as with all of our divorce uh, discussions, particularly because the whole step parenting thing, it literally can start when a child is age zero and it can continue on, you know, till your child is in their thirties and beyond. So this is a continuing conversation that we need to have, but thank you so much, Maria, for all of the insight, because it's, it is a, a situation so many people find themselves in and we all need help. God, God knows we all need help. So we really appreciate you coming on and sharing all of your wisdom with us today. Thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed this. And for everyone out there, if you've enjoyed this episode of the Divorce Etc. podcast with the ex-experts today, can you help a girl out? Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review. That helps us out and helps others going through divorce to find us and the resources they need. For more about Maria and how she can help you, check the show notes. And of course, share this episode with anyone you know who could benefit from listening. Have a great day.